The Bucs have the best record in the NBA. They have a top three defense and they have a top three front runner for the MVP as well in Giannis Adetokounmpo. And yet it feels like the impatience from the fan base is at an all-time high. Why is that the case? Is it fair enough? And what do the Bucs do moving forward towards this postseason and then in the years beyond as they extend Giannis's prime? I think it's a fascinating conversation and I want to get into that now. Uh, then we'll look ahead to Bucks and Nets, which is going to be a fun game as well as Christmas Day in Boston approaches. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win show Monday to Friday and also find my work over at ESPN and as always uh, we thank you for making Locked on Bucks your first watch or first listen of every single day uh, we'll have some bonus podcasts coming up and if you think that we're not podcasting on the weekend after Brooklyn Nets you're wrong if you think we're not podcasting after the Boston Celtics Christmas Day you are absolutely wrong so you know what to do uh, either get the family involved with Locked On Bucks or push them to the side and make sure you join us for those fun shows and hopefully a couple of wins for the Milwaukee Bucks. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. That's Bet Online where the game starts. And I should say before we dive into the podcast, make sure you subscribe, uh, rate, follow, like, comment and everything else in between on the show, particularly on YouTube. We have got a building supporter base, a building viewership on YouTube, and we love it. The comments are going uh, insane after every single show, and we absolutely appreciate it. We're doing live pods, so if you want to know when we go live, hit the bell on YouTube, and you'll get a little notification on your phone. You jump in, jump in the comments, and uh, you can hang with us. It's been a fun addition to the show. So Bucks and Nets coming up uh, tomorrow uh, Christmas Eve here in Australia, 23rd uh, Friday night over in the US. And the Nets have been rolling. They've been playing well over the last little stretch here. And you know, as we've discussed, the Nets have been a wild card team for much of the season, but they're 20 and 12 right now. So they're actually only two and a half games back on the Bucks. So it is an important one. They've obviously got a bit of history together. You're going to have KD. You're going to have Kyrie. You're going to have Ben Simmons. Uh, so the Bucks will have their work cut out for them. And then on Milwaukee side, Giannis listed on the injury report, uh, but probable with left knee soreness. Nothing new there. We see that a lot. And Chris Middleton, doubtful with right knee soreness. We'll get into Chris Middleton, obviously, a fair bit on this podcast. Unfortunately, he's a big topic of conversation, and we'll discuss why that might be the case as we continue to move forward. So... 6.30 p.m. tip-off for that one, by the way. And as I said, we'll be here post-game, so make sure you join us on Locked On Bucks. So Milwaukee, as I said, overall, if you had told me at the start of the season that the Bucks are going to be, uh, well, 31 games. So what is that, 31? It's beyond the, the third of the way. We're approaching pretty quickly the halfway mark of the regular season, and the Bucks have the best record in the NBA, despite only having Chris Middleton for seven games, as we know, and all the other injuries they've had, Pat Connaughton and Drew Holiday's missed games, et cetera, et cetera. 
Their defense has been elite, which has been a big reason for that. And then offensively, they've been mediocre. I think that's fair to say. And we all watched the series against the Boston Celtics. We saw that Chris Milton wasn't there. So I don't think that it should be a humongous surprise that they've been this way. I'm a little surprised that they're 22 and 9 at this point in time because A, this roster is aging. B, there is regular season fatigue. And this is something that we not only see with the Bucs, but we've seen over the years with LeBron teams, whether it's Miami and Cleveland, that haven't always been a juggernaut through the season. The Golden State Warriors, which we'll touch on in this podcast, were 53 and 29 last year, and they started red hot. But then they certainly had some bumps along the way, and there's always reasons for that. But for the Bucs, I've said it before, but they went through their period the first two years with Bud where it's it's this, this sugar hit of, this is unbelievable. We are a dominant team. We want to win every single game. And as the players have got older, as they've realized that the ultimate goal is not finishing the number one seed, but it is winning the title, they've been very, very cautious with bodies, very, very cautious with injuries along the way. And the fans don't always like it. The fans get anxious. The fans get stressed out about what it means in the big picture. But ultimately, to this point in time, with everything that's gone on, you have to feel good about where the Bucks are. But it does seem that there is a significant level of impatience from the fans, which is staggering to me. And I've brought this up a little bit in the past. I'm not sure whether it is just Giannis fans that every, anyone that's not on Giannis's level is no good. I think there's a part of that. I think there is a, a part of it where you get used to winning. So every time you don't win or the performance isn't at the best, there is a frustration and anger. And then clearly the other part is that there's an impatience to cash in on the prime of Giannis and ensure that he gets multiple titles because there is this legacy stuff, which, you know, I care about the legacy stuff. I love Giannis, but ultimately I want the Bucks to win games. That's what I care about more. Now, as far as the Chris Middleton conversation, and this all ties into the impatient stuff. So if you look at last year with Chris and the numbers he had across the season, he was still over 20 points per game. And if you look at from a true shooting perspective, he was still around the same, 58.8% in the title year, 57.7% the year after. So you know, is he an elite defender at this point in his career? No. I think out of perhaps all the bucks, he's the guy that defensively certainly seems to be able to turn it up to a different level in the postseason. He's not a night-to-night stopper in the regular season and hasn't been for a long period of time. And he slipped on a wet spot. Chris Middleton slipped on a wet spot, which is unfortunate because if you look at the two major injuries he's had across the course of his career, they've been unlucky. He then had the wrist stuff, but if you remember back to last season, he played with the wrist stuff for the last few months of the season. They decided to get it fixed. And I've discussed this before that I think part of the reason they decide to get it fixed is because the Bucs aren't stressed about the offseason. Or the regular season, I should say. They believe that they can work through this season with Chris Middleton and get him right. I want to get to a quote from Mark Budenholzer in the postgame last night. And I'll bring it up here on the screen. He said, in an ideal world, Middleton would be playing... But because we've had so many reps with Chris and so many reps and continuity and togetherness with a lot of this group, it's probably less concerning to us than to other teams or other players or other situations. There's still a point where we want to have him, but we want to have we want him to be healthy and complete, and there's still a lot of games left. And I thought it was an interesting quote. And I'm always someone that says, just be careful what you listen to in the post-game press conferences because there can be a little bit of spin. 
but there is this idea that Chris Milton is now suddenly injury prone. And I'm not 100% sure where it's come from or why it's decided that this is the new thing to say about Chris Milton. Now, now part of it to me is just that Chris has always been a scapegoat for this team. I've said it before. I, I can't remember a team that I've supported or followed closely where you've had a guy that's been around for as long as he has done the things that he's done, three-time All-Star, third in franchise scoring, humongous games. You don't win a championship without him. And there's always been this level of, of disrespect from the fan base. I'm not 100% why. So part of it, this injury-prone stuff to me is just a reason for people to jump on him and get rid of Chris Middleton. But I don't see where the injury-prone stuff comes from. I don't see where the decline stuff comes from. He's played seven games. Seven games this season after missing six months. And again, he slipped on a wet spot. It sucks because it might have cost the Bucks a title last year. But I don't think that there's anyone that can sit here right now and say that he is injury prone based on what? There's no evidence to suggest that he is. Now, he's showing up on the injury report now with knee soreness. Now, anyone that's gone through surgery before will understand that coming back, there's going to be some niggles along the way. And history tells us from watching the Bucks that they're going to be extremely cautious. Now, I've seen some suggestions that Chris potentially isn't in the greatest shape. Now, that I can buy. But if he isn't in the greatest shape now, what does history tell us that the Bucks are going to give him time? I think you can forget about the idea of the Bucks trading Chris Middleton this season. And why the heck would they trade him this season? He has proven up until, again, he slipped on a wet spot that he was going to be a critical part of this team last year. He's been a big game player in terms of big moments on the road to a championship. He has the familiarity with Giannis. And they are not going to trade that piece in the middle of a season when at the moment they are still got the best record in the NBA without him. That's not going to be the case. And Chris Middleton isn't going to mail in this season. This is a man, if you look at his contract, he's got a player option next season, which means that this year, the motivation would be as strong as ever for Chris to have a really, really good season. Now, the Bucs will have a decision to make at the end of this year, what they do moving forward with Chris. Chris has said he wants to retire in Milwaukee. Giannis has said he wants the both of them to retire in Milwaukee. And when Chris leaves or when he retires, it'll be the saddest day of his career. He's not going anywhere. And it's impossible to tell what Chris Middleton is going to look like in two months. Does he continue to have these niggles and and perhaps doesn't get back to where you want him to be? Maybe. That is certainly a possibility. But as of today, it's impossible to sit here and know that with any certainty. And it's just an excuse to, again, jump off the Chris Middleton train, which is just bizarre to me. It doesn't make a lot of sense. In terms of what this team needs moving forward we continue this discussion as we continue to work through this podcast and uh, first i want to talk about a message from nhtsa because it is the holiday season and did you know that driving high is considered driving under the influence that's right driving under the influence of marijuana is against the law in every state even in states where marijuana is legal that means driving high could get you a dui and if you think law enforcement officers can't tell when you're driving high uh, you're wrong they can And your friends can tell, your coworkers can tell, your parents can tell, everyone can tell. So what makes you think that law enforcement officers don't know when you're driving high? Driving under the influence of marijuana can slow your response time and change how you perceive time and speed. So even if you think you're fine to drive when you're high, you're not. Because the bottom line is, if you feel different, you drive different, and driving high is driving under the influence. So remember, drive high, get a DUI. It's paid for by NHTSA. 
Make sure you check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast as well. Peter Bukowski will run you through all the news and the latest developments across the sporting world. So make sure you check out that podcast after you're done with Locked On Bucks. So you might be sitting back and saying, well, this was just another Kane pro Chris Middleton rant, which I wouldn't blame you for feeling that way. But the reason I wanted to have this conversation is because the Bucks are absolutely at a crossroads when it comes to what they're going to do moving forward and how they're going to manage the prime of Giannis, who still has two seasons after this under contract with the Milwaukee Bucks and then a player option worth $51 million in 2025-2026. And if you look at the unrestricted free agents, I already mentioned Chris Middleton, effectively a free agent with his $40 million player option. You've got Brooke Lopez who's an unrestricted free agent. So is Joe Ingles. So is George Hill. So is Serge Barker. So is Wesley Matthews. So all these veterans on this team are coming into free agency. The only guys that you've really got for multiple years after this season is done is Giannis, Bobby Portis, Pat Connaughton, and Marjan Bochamp uh, on his rookie deal. So there is going to be change, and the Bucs are going to have to manage this. And in some ways, it feels like they're on their last season together as an entire group. And there will be a little bit of a changing of the guard. Now, I, I personally expect that Chris will be back next year. And the way Brooke Lopez is playing, I expect he'll be back. But it doesn't mean that there aren't some serious decisions to be made. But I don't think that there are too dissimilar from the Golden State Warriors last year. Because here's the thing with the Bucks, right? And just stick with me here for a while. The Golden State Warriors last year looked old. Now, they finished the three seed. They were a 53-win team. They started off the season sizzling, and then they had some issues along the way. Clay Thompson wasn't Clay Thompson because he was coming off an injury. Isn't that, isn't that funny? Draymond Green looked like he wasn't playing his best basketball. Now, for obvious reasons, the Warriors stuck with that core. And part of it is keeping your superstars happy. Part of it is respecting guys that have done great things for your franchise. Now, clearly it's a different situation with Golden State because they've got multiple titles. So I'm not saying it's a perfect comparison. But last year, the Warriors were able to win a title because even throughout the season, they looked like they had the team that could win it. Now, they needed some luck along the way. And the Bucs are going to need some luck along the way this season. But there can't be anyone that watches this Bucs team that thinks that with Chris Middleton healthy, Drew Holiday, Giannis, Brooke Lopez, and the depth that they have on this roster that they can't win a title. And throwing that away in the middle of the season with a major trade, it would not be a smart business decision. And I, I, I just can't see them doing it. The Bucs need to be lucky to win the title this year. Everyone wants to cash in on the prime of Giannis. Me as much as anyone. And you want the, the, the franchise, not just Giannis, to get multiple titles. And you can't tell the future, but there isn't going to be a major trade with this team, and nor should they be. They've proven that they are right there. The Warriors ended up getting that title. They're obviously looking pretty shaky now. Now, as I said, it's not a perfect comparison. The Warriors were able to extend their time at the top through a couple of years that they had down years. They got high lottery picks, that kind of stuff. We don't know what the next couple of years are going to look like for the Bucs. They also had the benefit of the Kevin Durant salary cap stuff. Then they were able to trade him for Wiggins and and all sorts of stuff that ensured that the Warriors were able to stay at the top. So it's not a perfect scenario. 
the other difference is that the Warriors do actually have young players that they could flip if they want to cash in on the prime of Steph Curry. The Bucs don't have that. The Bucs are probably more in the Los Angeles Lakers zone where they made their trade. The Lakers went with Anthony Davis, threw all the chips in the table. The Bucs did it with Drew. And we understand why they did it with Drew Holiday. At that point in time, Giannis hadn't signed his Supermax contract. There was fear from anyone who cares about the Milwaukee Bucks that he was about to leave. They hadn't won a title. Many felt that they'd blown a couple of years. The pandemic, the timing of that was just absolutely awful with the bubble. But they put all their chips in the table for Drew Holiday. Now, I don't think the Davis trade is a perfect example because the Lakers had to put in serious young talent already in the league in there as well. But in terms of draft capital, the Bucs don't have much left. Neither do the Los Angeles Lakers, which significantly makes it harder to make a trade. And that's why you see the stuff with, well, the Bucs have to trade Chris Middleton right now. They don't and they won't. But the Bucs got a title and so did the Lakers. And that's why that Drew Holiday trade will go down, in my opinion, as the greatest trade the franchise has ever made. And it might be the greatest trade the franchise has made in a long, long time. But get the idea out of your head that the Bucs aren't close to winning a title this year. Yes, there's uncertainty with Chris Middleton and his health right now as of today, but nobody can know, as I've said. There's uncertainty with Brook Lopez. Can he continue to play this level of play? He's been asked to do a lot right throughout the season at age 34. We'll see. Joe Ingles, I know that it's a bit, and I love to talk about Joe as much as anyone, and I'm not going to apologize for having a little bit of bias for my, for my Aussie man. Not at all. But I've said it right from the start. He's 35. He's coming off an ACL. I'm seeing people comment that Joe Ingles is washed. He's played 30 minutes coming off an ACL. You are not going to know until later in the season about Joe Ingles. He'll have bad moments. He'll probably have some good moments. So there are significant health question marks. And the reality is, as a Bucks fan, it's not fun to be patient. It's not fun to sit back and think, geez, if everything comes together, we can win a title. Because as, you, as a sports fan, it's your right to be impatient and want action all the time. But the thing I would remind you with, John Horst, is that he, he's made a trade every single year. Now, I don't think the Bucks are in a position to make a significant trade. And I don't think that they're going to do so. Giannis, Chris, Drew, Brooke, they're not going anywhere. But we've spoken about the Grayson Allen stuff. Joe Ingles is there. So they can put some salary together to make a move if they need in eight weeks' time when the deadline is there and they've had a little bit more time to assess where this group sits. I always see people say, the Bucs need to trade George Hill, they need to trade Jordan War. They'll be a throw-in in a trade. You're talking about the 12th and 13th player on the team. There's no value there. But if you add them to a Grayson Allen, perhaps you know someone else, one of the one of the role players there. Yep, Joe. I think Joe's here for the season, but you never know. He's a $6.5 million salary. That's where Jordan uh, Warren and George Hill will be thrown in there. And if I was a betting man, I would bet the Bucs are making a trade this season based on the evidence that we've seen in years gone by and horse willingness to make a move that he thinks can happen for this team. But they don't need a major trade. I push back on that heavily. Right now, they've been sloppy in games. The turnovers have been problematic. The offense hasn't been great. Giannis is doing a lot. He is doing a lot. And I would love to see the load lightened on Giannis as the season continues to move on. But we don't need to act like the Bucks are far away. 
They're the best team in the NBA right now from record-wise. And we should appreciate that a little bit more. There's no time for panic. We're 31 games into an 82-game season. The playoffs don't start next week. Chris Middleton has time. Joe Ingles has time. And the Bucks overall have plenty of time to figure out what they need for this roster. So they are at a crossroads for the future. But for this year, I see them writing this out because they can win a title with this group. There's absolutely no question about that in my mind. And there's no question about betonline.net being the number one source for all your odds, news, and scores. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from pro football to college, bowl season to basketball and World Cup. We've got it all at betonline.net. If you love sports podcasts, you can even find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more, including about potentially the MVP where Giannis is right up there in the odds. The Bucks are right up there for the NBA championship odds as well, as they should be, as we've been discussing. And defensive player of the year, Brooke Lopez. Could the Bucks be in for an awards sweep this year? That would be pretty fun. But uh, as I said, head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. That's Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, as I mentioned, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast with Peter Bukowski, and he'll have you covered with all the sports news across the world as it happens. So there will be a lot tonight on the show that people would disagree with, which we, which we love because I put a poll up or a question up on the YouTube, the community section. Again, if you subscribe to YouTube, uh, this is where a lot of the content is going now. I've sort of pivoted away from Twitter a little bit because YouTube is just so much fun. But I put up a thing saying, uh, what do people want to see from this show? And there's all the usual stuff, bring guests on, which I'm working on. We're going to do some cool stuff. But there was a really great comment from a listener that said, get some people on that disagree with you and look at things from a different light. So I wanted to set the scene for some shows that I want to do over the next few weeks regarding these topics that I spoke about tonight. Because there's no question that I look at this Milwaukee Bucks team and people that are loyal listeners and have listened to us for years, which we absolutely love. There's no question that I look at this team differently to some other people. And I look at the big picture I look at the success the team has had. I'm thankful for that. I'm certainly more patient than a lot of fans. And I do believe in respecting, not to not at all costs, but I do believe at respecting guys that are legends of the franchise. Not legends of the game, but legends of the franchise. And I believe that for what Chris did in the 2021 playoffs, which by the way, was 18 months ago. I believe he's a legend of this franchise and I think he deserves a little bit more respect. But there are people out there and smart people out there that will argue the opposite of that and that the Bucks do need to make change. And this is and we'll have different ideas of how the Bucks can cash in on the prime of Giannis that hopefully keeps him here for the next decade. So I wanted to set the scene for that conversation. I know there's going to be fierce debate and there will be lots of people in the YouTube comments that disagree with me and I embrace that. I embrace that. And I enjoy the interaction with all the fans here. So it's going to be a lot of fun. But, you know, the big message for me is I understand why there is an overall impatience. But if the Bucks were 500 right now, I'd be more willing to entertain the conversation. But we haven't seen enough of Chris to know anything. 
we haven't seen anything of Joe to know anything about what he can do for this team. You've got Marjan Bochamp, who has significant improvement ahead of him even this season, and he looks like a real plus. Grayson Allen's had a good season. He will be able to be moved if the Bucks need to, but I don't think the urgency to do so is there right now. But we need to see how the next few weeks play out, and there'll be bad nights. There's no question there will be rough nights to come, but then we'll see nights where they where they uh, rise to the occasion. And as we've seen, this is a Bucks team that can go to another level in the postseason, uh, particularly defensively, which is the staple of this team. So I, I'm excited. I'm intrigued, and I'm fascinated to see where the Bucks go with this this season. I'm not expecting Chris Middleton to play against Brooklyn tomorrow. And this will be interesting because we haven't seen a lot of this. Javon Carter hasn't been in the starting lineup. Marjan Bochamp has, as we know. Does Javon Carter come in tomorrow to guard Kyrie Irving? And then you potentially Drew Holiday on Kevin Durant. Then you have to deal with the Ben Simmons situation. I'm fascinated to see what Bud does with the lineups against this Brooklyn team that, again, is playing really good basketball and for all the drama that they've had is right there in the standings as a team that potentially needs to be dealt with in the long haul. So this road trip continues for the Bucks. They're in Brooklyn. Then they're in Boston for Christmas Day. As I said, we're going to do post-game podcasts on both of those games. So make sure you join us. We'll probably go live as well. So subscribe, hit the bell. And you'll be able to join us for the live podcast. And uh, we're going to have a bit of fun. So I hope you enjoyed this podcast. I hope you've got some fierce debate to hit me with. And as I said, I am have taken it on board. And I'm going to ensure we get guests on here that can come from the opposite angle to me and potentially throw in some ideas. And we can have some really engaging conversation. Because at the end of the day, I don't want you guys to listen to my opinions from the same angle and the same thought process every single day. We're going to diversify this podcast a little bit with the ideas we have. But overall, I say it all the time. The Bucks are the, they're in the window of contention. It's tough to win. But the Bucks are right there. And again, I never thought they would be going back a few years ago. So we're going to uh, continue to discuss this. As I said, Bucks and Nets, 6.30 p.m. tomorrow night. Make sure you join us for the post-game pod. And stay safe these next few days around the Christmas period and New Year's. Continue to listen to Locked on Bucks. We'll catch you.